<laughs> we work hard so you can get hard. That's a lot. Woo! I'm sure that was consensual. It was oh. fucking Carl! Hey guys, Alec here with Dalton. We are Strictly Ball Business and we are on episode uh, 45, I think it is. Or is it oh. 44? Or 46? Yeah, 45. 45. We're going with that one. Um, I'm not sure who wears 45 in our uh, in our beloved league, but whoever it is, we dedicate this episode to you. <laughs> um, today, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia 76ers offseason, some things that they've done that we've loved, some things they haven't done that we wish they would have. And we'll talk about the uh, Sacramento Kings uh, around those same topics for their offseason. And we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets potentially what they're going to do moving forward. They've made a couple moves already that we love. And the Wolves and Jazz made a phenomenal trade. Everybody has seen this has basically been uh, the biggest news of the offseason already in terms of a move that's already happened. Um, we'll see when the Durant move uh, or trade happens here. But so far, that Gobert trade is the biggest one so far. Uh, next up, the Bulls offseason. We'll dive into them a little bit. And then the Hawks as well. So really diving into a lot of off seasons here. Um, and was there one more that I missed there? We'll get to it. Maybe the Kings. Did you just mentioned the Kings. Oh yeah, I mentioned the Kings. Yeah. All right, we'll see. I'm, we'll I'm get there. If I missed anyone else, but yeah, Kings, we'll Bulls, just start. We're gonna talk about some moves that you know we thought were interesting, and you know obviously some more polarizing ones but we'll also talk about some under the radar plays that some teams made as well so starting off um what do you think about the philadelphia 76ers so far this offseason to me it kind of looks like they're reassembling the old squad um not sure how to feel about that quite yet yeah so i mean like what they lacked this place in my opinion what they lacked this playoffs was their offense. I mean, mainly because of James Harden, he just couldn't get into and be that dominant uh, guard scorer he was. Ty uh, Maxi and Harris certainly did their did as much as they could. A lot of it leaned on them, and now um, Joel Embiid obviously will always be Joel, and he holds it down on. I'm not convinced that it's defense that they needed, and they kind of seem like they're doubling down on defense with with House as a good wing defender and well th more three and D. And then PJ Tucker is definitely just all defense moving towards, uh, especially getting, well, if they get rid of Mille uh, Thibel and get an offensive player in there, we'll see. And Melton certainly does help as your backup point guard over Shake Milton. That's an upgrade. But I don't see anything in the starting lineup that's going to change what we saw unless Harden actually comes back fit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's been rumors um, around the league that they're interested in trading both Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibel and getting somebody of more offensive force that way. But in my mind, I don't know, if you get rid of Tobias Harris, I think you're giving up a lot of, of offense there already too. Um, like, yeah, he's getting paid a lot of money, but I don't know who you're gonna get that's better than him by getting rid of him, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. It would definitely have to be a position swap and I don't think they have anything, any another forward that could fill in next to Joel and, sh and spread the floor as well as Tobias does next to Joel. Yeah, they're gonna start uh, Daniel House. I mean, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, no, he's PJ Tucker. Oh, they would start uh, PJ Tucker, wouldn't they? Yeah, and I get, and he has shot pretty decently. I guess that would that wouldn't be bad. Uh I don't know. I mean, there's certainly 
I would have said TJ Ward would be a perfect fit for them if he didn't go to the Nets, but there's not many players out there still. Maybe Aldridge is a backup big now that you lost Drummond. Uh, he hasn't re-signed yet, right? LaMarcus Aldridge? Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen him re-sign. Um, it, maybe I missed the news, but so far I haven't seen anything on that, and I think he still wants to play next year. Yeah, I mean, he'd be a nice pickup. Uh, he doesn't help you much on defense anymore as he used to, but... Uh, he can get out there and play some valuable minutes as a backer big. If they're, they they were certainly doing well with Drummond as a big. Uh, There's just different aspects, better off offensively than Drummond. But that would yeah, be Yeah, Aldridge bad. would be a nice add. I mean, he'd give you a solid, like, uh, you know, I'm sure like 11 or 12 points a game maybe on like six or seven rebounds. Like, why, why not? You know, he's yeah. efficient. He's known to be a good passer as well. So I think that's a good guy to bring into your team. Yeah, uh, one guy that I think if they put some salary together would actually help out this team that a lot of people hate is Evan Fournier. In this certain role, doing everything and having things served up on him, I think he would excel, especially when he doesn't have to worry about defense. Knicks, they kind of like took him in. They're like, you're our second star now. Be that. <laughs> he just yeah. couldn't, and that's not him. But being like a fourth, fifth scorer on a starting uh, lineup, he can he can do well. He played as well as he do with the Magic. So I, yeah, I, maybe. I have faith in that. Maybe Carmelo. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, could maybe work out. I think uh, Carmelo could be interesting. I think they just really need guys who can shoot the three ball effectively. Maybe some guys who can drive uh, as well. But I think mainly you're looking for shooters at this point. Um, so. Yeah, as they should. Uh, they should around around Harden. And uh, especially when you have a guy like Embiid, you need shooters. Because... It's kind of starting to mold into like the the same Rockets team, whereas kind of the biggest issue was one of their the third best player was Clint Capella at the time with him, uh, and he couldn't be on the floor because he was big. Granted, Joel's not like that. It's just, however the system doesn't doesn't work as well with with the big, but then it doesn't work as well without a big. That's why they that's why PJ T- maybe PJ Tucker is going to be their new center. <laughs> I think you know. Keep an eye out for Philadelphia to trade Matisse Thibault and bring back a guy, maybe at the same position, but who can score and can shoot, uh, but maybe isn't known for his defense as much. Not sure what guy's out there. Uh, maybe it's uh, Malik Beasley Lamb. with the Utah Jazz. Yep, maybe Jeremy Lamb. Um, is he on the Thunder right now? Jeremy Lamb? I don't think he has signed yet. He was on the Kings. He was on the Kings. But Last year's on the Kings. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, Jeremy Lamb is efficient. He's not in that bucket. Um, I think regardless, yeah, you trade Mat- Matisse Thibel. You signed uh, P.J. Tucker with the idea like, okay, we want a guy who we can trust a little bit more than Matisse Thibel, but he can play, you know, just as good a defense. Maybe not maybe not just as good a defense, but right up there. He's fully capable. He understands the system that, you know, Maury is probably implementing maybe similar to what Doc Rivers is putting out there. I don't know how much collaboration is there. Clearly, they felt good enough to bring in a 37-year-old on a three-year <laughs> uh, three guaranteed contract. Uh, but I think, you know, it's got potential to work out, maybe. But I, I think that's clearly your guy to take over Matisse Thibault's minutes and then some. And then you bring in some other guy to play a lesser role, but he's a bucket getter. I think that's kind of the philosophy. Yeah, I mean, one guy I'd say uh, would be nice to have off the bench that uh, you get you get some offense out of a forward, and he's known to play well with James Harden is Blake Griffin. 
I mean, we should, we took a whole episode to shit on him, but on the 76ers, it doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how much Blake has left in the tank, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'd yeah. maybe. I'd, I'd rather try to try to trade for one of the Morris twins if I was them. Oh, yeah. The Morris twins would be good. I doubt the Clippers would be willing to give up uh, Marquise. Marcus is a lot better. Marcus, yeah, that's it. Not Markeith, but yeah. Uh, Speaking of, so let, let's go into another offseason. So the Kings, we've been pretty, you and I have both been pretty excited over all the things they could do because they're very versatile, especially after with Do- uh, the Sabonis trade. So there's a lot of things they could do. They certainly have tradable cat salaries. And one of the things we said they have to do is one thing they did not do <laughs> in our offseason video is sign Dante DiVincenzo. Is this a big loss or is does Malik Beasley equal it out? Is he better? What do you think? I don't think it's a big loss. Uh, Malik Monk, uh, who they signed, I think is um, fully capable. He had a great um, end to the season last year at the Lakers. I think in like his last 16 games, um, he shot over 40% from three. And I think he had like a high usage rate too. So really liked what I saw in him in some games last season. And with the Heat, he was good too. Honestly, when he went to the... Uh, Lakers, I thought like, man, this guy's kind of discounting or not the heat before that. He was with the Hornets before that. I get him and uh, Kendrick Nunn mixed up. But um, when he signed with the Lakers from the Hornets, I was like, man, he could have got a bigger deal. He took like the minimum with them. What's this guy doing? Um, Now he's getting like a decent payday with the Kings. But obviously, I think he'll get a, a nicer role. I think he'll get plenty of opportunity. And yeah, I fully trust that. I think that was a great decision by the Kings. Yeah, and plus, I mean, he fits into a bigger role. I don't see anyone else being the sixth man unless it's day unless they have Davion Mitchell be the sixth man and he comes off the bench. Uh, I mean, or vice versa. Uh, but as a sixth man, I, I I think that's fine. Or even next to De'Aaron Fox and uh, Sabonis, I feel like he's going to help space the floor as much as possible. I think that. Yeah, great. I think he'll get plenty of minutes as a sixth man. I think Davion Mitchell probably starts. You know, ideally, you put the high draft capital in him. You, you like what he saw last year too. He, he looked really good, and uh, you know, once they traded Halliburton, he had in a bigger role. He looked pretty solid. Oh yeah, and you get the reunion of the uh, the Kentucky boys, uh, De- De'Aaron Fox and Malik Beasley. I mean, Malik uh, Monk, Malik Monk, both of them. <laughs> I know. I Do they play them. together there, or yeah. they just go both go they're, to school? Yeah, they were the starting guards. Uh, nice. Next to it. Uh, they, they they were really good watching them, but. Uh, is there any free agents you think uh, you'd be interested in uh, the Kings picking up? I, I know it's not it's not that he's going to play reliable minutes for them, but I think he would be really great uh, veteran is to have Paul Millsap on this team. Uh, he's still available as of today, and I think that would be great. Uh, shit, even Etuan Moore, would, I, I'd like fit. Just spread the floor, get another good vet. He can actually play probably a few more minutes. He's a pretty old guy, but still. Yeah, I th- I thought JaVale McGee would have been a good pickup, but he ended up getting a bigger contract um, or longer length. He got three years, basically, yep. two years in a player option. So I was like, man, that's more than I thought he'd get. Um, but, you know, good for him. I think, um, you know, they're looking for some sort of veteran big would be solid for sure. Um, you've got Sabonis, who certainly has, you know, all the abilities to do everything. Um, he doesn't need much, but to have a vocal leader on the coaching or on the player staff and on the roster, whatever, um, that is a veteran, you know, maybe even you, Donis Haslam, they convince him to spend a year in Sacramento. Nah, <laughs> no, I, I, he, he's forever, uh, forever a heat man. 
Ain't no way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they need they need some kind of veteran. I think, you know, maybe Blake Griffin. Maybe this is Blake Griffin's spot. Maybe. Uh, I do think uh, for past Clippers, I think Austin Rivers would be a nice backup point guard for this team. I think he's done enough, assuming he hasn't signed in. I, I would love to have him sign again. I'd be down for that. I mean, yeah, he's he's yeah. constantly had a uh, you know good role in this league. I feel like the Nuggets have kept him around. If not, I mean, he should get snatched up for sure. I feel like he can he can add something to any team. Yeah, or Dennis Schroeder too. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. damn, Dennis Schroeder's yeah really not going to get a big contract ever again. Yeah, he? he fumbled. That one fumble ruined his career. You really fucked that up. Yeah, he, I was like. If he never did that, they mm. probably wouldn't have traded off uh, for uh, uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook. Trade so much for Russell Westbrook. Well, yeah, because like every move that the Lakers make is just like you know a rubber band effect from the last thing. Because they're always just oh we gotta fix this because this went wrong. Oh we gotta fix this because this went wrong. They're like oh we had to fire Frank Vogel because you know he had to have a fall guy. It's like well was he really bad? I mean he just was the coach of your championship two years ago. I mean, I don't know about the things going on inside of the organization, but yeah. to me, it seemed a little weird. And then, you know, flipping between the point guards, it's like, ah, we got tired of Dennis Schroeder. Let's get Russell Westbrook, give up everything for him. And now they're following upward into Kyrie Irving, potentially. Yeah, so, I, I don't even that? know what his package is going to look like. like. Like, we tried to predict it, and it's <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I think it's just like, yeah, any first round pick they can give up with like top five protections on it. Yeah. I mean, let's jump into that. So the Nets, <laughs> the Nets, the, the Nets. dumpster fire, the, the now dumpster fire of the Nets. Yeah, it always had I, this potential. We knew that. I feel so bad for this franchise. Uh, and, and like all sincerity, not even like a pity thing. Like I, they were terrible when I f- really got into foot, uh, like the Brooke Lopez years, they were so terrible. They were just a black hole. Nobody wanted to go to the nets and they turned it around with Karis D'Lo. They, they were able to get KD and Kyrie suddenly, like I hated them cause they had KD and Kyrie, but I like, you cannot deny that the front office did such a great job. And then. Like I, I'm a I'm a rant a bit because KD has ruined this franchise. This with all this promise, KD came in. He's like, all right, I'll come play with you. You gotta hire my boy Kyrie. Not a hard decision at the time. Kyrie was coming off Boston. He was there's no like I mean maybe some locker room issues, but KD approved of him. So you're like, all right, yeah, uh, I'll take this top ten point, this top five point guard in the league. But then he asked them. He's like, you have to give forty million dollars to DeAndre Jordan. He's like, because yeah. that's my guy. <laughs> so they, they did that. They did it. They're like, all right. Now he's, Then Harden became available. He's like, you have to trade everything for Harden. Go and get Harden. Gets Harden. Then they had like they, they had their uh, playoff where they were injured in and out. On top of him already, the first year of his contract, he sat out. Did not even play because of his injury. And they were okay with that. They signed him to the, the contract they did knowing he wasn't going to play. Him or Kyrie. Because they both came off a uh, uh, injury, but then they get Harden, they do that, and then Kyrie's doing all this shit, and they're like, "Listen, Katie, we need your help. We don't know what to do." He's freaking out. Harden leaves. Then they're like, "All right, we don't know if we want to pay Kyrie because he doesn't show up." And he 
chastises them for not wanting to pay with the most sensible who the fuck wants to pay Kyrie right now oh my god and now he yeah, wants Katie to leave. seems to be just as delusional as Kyrie expecting the Nets to just want to sign up for another full max contract uh with Kyrie Irving it's like dude no like we don't have to do that that's not how negotiations work and then he gets to request a trade when he just signed the extension within this last year yeah oh my god it's it's so ridiculous like every how much no player has asked so much of a franchise than him even lebron like i know like behind closed doors he's like well lebron gets to run his team We're like okay but he doesn't do it like this like he's a leader like he never let Kyrie do any of that shit he'd be like listen man no that like that's it like he i, I feel like not that lebron actually runs a franchise but he has heavy influence in every franchise he's been a part of and he's never been like this like recruiting yeah but like come on man <laughs> like have some responsibility for you brought Kyrie you got injured uh, granted that's free yeah. but like don't blame like the franchise they've literally done everything they could do like yeah um, I know and, and like Kyrie and KD are they're trying to act like they're the victims now and they're gonna do that for sure um if you ever do hear them in an interview or they're tweeting or whatever they're gonna continue to act like they're the victims even though it's like they the nets gave you everything they did everything you wanted did everything for you um they even brought in a players coach in steve nash um a guy who wasn't gonna demand too much of you but um you still disrespected him anyways yeah and was- i mean apparently uh Kyrie would hold practices after practice yeah you know but- that's a whole nother fucking thing. Like, what the fuck do you want the Nets to do about that? Where they're like, Katie's like, hey, I want you to hire. Uh, he, was a, he was a coach for the Warriors. I forgot what, a, a development coach for the Warriors. And he's like, I want you to hire him as coach. And they're like, okay, Katie. Yes, sir. And then Kyrie doesn't like him as coach. And holds he's like, the fu- if you're the Nets, like, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys are the ones causing the problem. Yeah. And then complaining about it. You're just out here bitching about your own problems. Like, what is just, that? How can Katie, like, because, like, they couldn't fire uh, Steve Nash. They could not fire him. They could not hire him or fire him because Katie would get mad. But then, like, they left him, and then Kyrie got mad at them, and now Katie's leaving because they couldn't figure it out with Kyrie. Like, come on. Yeah, it's, like, it's such a dumb ripple effect to get to this point. It's like, how can you as kevin durant not understand that the nets um can't just give kyrie irving that full max contract it's and, still business and like if he wants to if, if kyrie irving wants to get traded wants to walk away at that point why does the instant reaction from katie need to be to request a trade he's like ah oh, without kyrie this team's not good enough for me it's like dude you get traded it's not a guarantee you're gonna be with Kyrie. Like he all like there's also the rumor out there that like we wanna play together, like we wanna get traded together. It's like, yeah, fucking great luck chant uh, or good luck getting that to happen, man. Like somebody to trade for both of you in the same trade. I just don't see it happening. Um yeah. I think the most likely chance is Durant's probably going to Toronto, but you know, we'll see. I think 
plenty of opportunities um, out there and lots of teams should be interested yeah i mean if he goes to toronto he'll probably win a ring nick nurse is like yeah i'll take all of them he's like give me the rejected stars i'll take them we'll win a championship what would you trade as your best package from the toronto raptors to the brooklyn nets that was the raptors yes if you're the raptors what's your best package you're willing to give up for kd so i'm gonna do my best to I obviously for Katie individually, I'm gonna do everything I can to keep Van Fleet. No, 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 no. everything keep. you can to keep. What's if they beat you down? What's what's your okay? Here's my best offer. Then. What's my what? What's my offer? Uh, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, Malachi Flynn, and three firsts. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice package. That's a big then, package. But Maybe then he Barnes comes in. Siakam. Yeah, pretty pretty strips you. I mean, you you still get Van Vliet, you still keep Gary Trent, you still keep uh, um, OG. So you still have like the basis of a of a team starting five there that can do well. Uh, Chris, I put Chris Boucher in that. I mean, he's probably their center. Ken Birch is still there. They still have some pieces, but they still they probably have to fill in some depth somewhere. I don't know about both Scotty and Siaka though. I like, think that seems like a lot. With Kevin Durant, probably you have to do Scott or OG. Uh, I mean, they're probably trying to they're probably trying to keep Siakam, so they're probably trying to be like take OG and Barnes, and then we'll yeah. keep Siakam with uh, Kevin Durant because yeah, I think that's more likely. Or I think that's more likely uh, what the Raptors are trying to do. I th- if I were the Nets, and Trent. yeah, if I were the Nets, I'd be like Siakam and Barnes, and then we'll figure it out. Uh, I think because that's certainly great return for uh, yeah. what what you're getting uh i mean we've who else could do a good package the orlando man <laughs> i don't know yeah. uh sounds like lakers if Kyrie's not going with uh kd he's gonna go to the lakers it sounds so f- like they're just constantly in talks lakers are just like who do you yeah. like we'll pick up a free agent right now who do you want come on <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, they're doing think, everything they can yeah i think the lakers are like the only team that wants Kyrie. Yeah, I'm sure some teams want Kyrie. They just don't want to trade any val- anything of value yeah. for him. And that, that yeah, I mean the Dallas Mavericks maybe too. Yeah, the Dallas Mavericks, and they could probably put some in there. I feel like uh, I think the Boston Celtics could put in a really good package for the for KD, uh, centered around Jalen Brown and Robert Williams, maybe. Yeah, if they're willing to do that, I think Which they, they could definitely make it happen. They're willing to include Jalen Brown. They made it. Yeah, that would be great. Like you're the championship favorites uh, if you make that as the Boston Celtics. Yeah, and uh, you certainly have the flexibility now. I think if you keep now that you have Malcolm Brogdon, you don't need Brown. I know they're trying probably going to roll out something like Brogdon Brown, Brogdon Smart Brown Tatum, uh, Williams Horford off the bench. But I think there's certainly ways that you can go out and get KD and uh, what um. Brad Stevens has shown he doesn't give a shit about trading uh, draft picks anymore. So he's like, yeah. the difference between him and Danny Ainge. So that could certainly work out. But, yeah, uh, I think it's just the difference in the timeline for the Celtics. Like, I think Brad Stevens knows, like, this is the time to be aggressive. So I definitely could see that trade happen. Um, a couple others that I'll mention, I'd love to see the Pelicans. And, you know, could be really interesting if they end up being willing to include uh, Brandon Ingram or wait till uh the trade deadline for that because brandon ingram i think he's coming off his rookie max 
I'm not sure. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I we'll have to look into that. I thought maybe he was not part of the same because he didn't have like the f- same max as others. But um, yeah. another team I was thinking of was the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, if they are willing to give up Evan Mobley, that could be an interesting spot. Yeah, that'd have to be like Sexton, Mobley. I mean, basically everything but uh, Allen and Garland, basically. (laughs) You'd have to trade everything, all that away, which is fine. Like, I would for KD, but you're pretty stripped uh, again. So it'd be kind of... I don't think you're too stripped. I mean, you've got a good core with Garland, Allen, and Durant, and then you've got Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love. Yeah. And you've got Karis Levert still. Um, yeah, that's what that's the Nets don't want him back. <laughs> that's right. You've got Isaac Okoro. Yeah. But, maybe be something. And uh, yeah. Oh, and then they have Laurie Martin, of course. Okay. Well, well, we, we, we could see. We can maybe uh, if this drags on another few weeks, we can I can put together some uh, trade uh, trade machines, and we can take yeah. a look for <laughs> dive further into it. On uh, yeah. salaries and everything, but I got a feeling this one's gonna drag on. But yeah, we'll do I, that in another same. I, I don't even think he'll be traded by. I think Kyrie will be traded by the trade deadline. I don't know if KD will be. Um, but uh, let's our last free agency topic is the Bulls. I think I've been pretty impressed with uh, some of the guys they were able to bring in with Drummond and uh, Dragic. Granted, they lost Troy Brown Jr. I like him, but he wasn't that huge. Now they're gonna have Patrick Williams back a whole season. Hopefully Lonzo Ball stays on the court this this season. What do you what do you think the Bulls look like? Yeah, I think bringing in a couple of veterans was nice. Guard uh, Dragic being a really old one, um, but a really uh, savvy point guard still really has lost a step, obviously, but still you know can get you some some solid efficiency out of your backup point guard. And they've got Alex Caruso too, so he's not going to be their only effective backup. You've got a really solid guard or there already i feel um and then andre drummond is just a rebound machine they really need help with that and could give um vucevic some t- um you know some time off in, in some needed spaces i think yeah definitely uh it, i think you saw the strain of being the only center on the team basically for uh for I mean, they had tony bradley for a little bit but uh um vucevic still is coming into his own so i think having signing Drummond adds that flexibility because Drummond is a starting caliber center in this league. So having a guy like that, where maybe be like, all right, take your day. If you, if you don't feel like you have to go out, force yourself out there, if you're hurt or anything like that, I think that helps Drogic. I think just nice vets to have, they're putting themselves in place to go, maybe hopefully take a harder run with, uh, especially re- the re-signing of Zach Levine was huge. Um, so I think they're going to have their team for a while now. And Lonzo Ball's there. I think uh, I'm excited to see this team again next year. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But let it be known. If he was a starting caliber center, he'd probably be starting in this league, no? Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. So starting caliber center doesn't also... So like a lot of teams, he's better than a lot of teams. And I would put, I would start him if it was... Uh, but he was a free agent. If he could start as a center, why didn't anybody sign him to be a starter? Because he can't shoot whatsoever. He so like he can do what you need a center to do. It's just he's the very yeah. basics of a center. He's basically Kevon yeah, Looney, but can these uh, days he's in the wrong generation. If yeah. he was in the early two thousands, if he was in the nineties, 
he would have started 15 years and it would have been no question but i think just his and, and like offensively he's not efficient at all but um i think for like this era he just can't shoot at all so like that's a problem yeah i mean he's trying to spread the floor he's it's just not coming along with uh that well but i i think he's fine i think he's a backup big he's showing with the 76ers was what he could do he averaged like eight rebounds as a backup big so i was like all right so they know what he's they're getting and he averaged 1.5 steals, yeah. 1.5 uh oh yeah i mean for what they're getting them at and for what he does like it makes perfect sense so i i just wouldn't want him in an extended role but if fuchvich does get injured you have a pretty solid backup um to step up so not the worst thing in the world exactly so that's the uh, m plus uh Drogic, uh same same type of deal lonzo misses a lot of time you get a guy who can start and be a starting point guard in this league and he can step up uh so that's that's fine with me i like the flexibility We'll see where they go yeah they're just trying to get as many competent players as they can uh because they really fumbled down the stretch last year and injuries did did really screw them over yeah i'm pretty sure lonzo didn't even play a playoff game i don't think and uh oh and, no he was injured uh for most of the season yeah and, and levine was injured for a lot of it in the playoffs so there's that too Caruso too Caruso. Caruso i think maybe came back late in the year right right but i can't remember but I think, and Patrick Williams, I didn't think played a lot last year. So I think it'll be interesting to see what the Bulls do next year. It's a very strong East in some ways. I think the East um, could be better than the West this year. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but there's a lot of solid teams here. I don't even know if the Bulls will make the playoffs, but they could finish as high as a, as a four seed or a three seed. Like I think they'll their, be top six. Yeah. Their room for volatility, I think is very wide. Yeah, uh, I think the East is very top heavy. I think we can probably name six teams that we know will uh, can be in the playoffs, and probably four that can make the play uh, championship. Well, maybe three now that the Nets are falling let's, apart. Let's play a game here. I'll, I'll compare teams here, and you'll tell me if the Bulls are better than them. Okay. Okay. So the Bucks, they're not no. better than them, right? Uh, no. The the um, Sixers. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. No, not better than them. The Boston Celtics. Not better than them. The Miami Heat. No. The Atlanta Hawks with DeJounte Murray. It's tough because Collins is still on that team, and I just kind of saw like their offense dysfunctional, like communication, and that's kind of a huge deal. I think they – I think they're – I think DeJounte Murray can bring it together maybe, though. Yeah, we'll see, but that's we'll have to see. The Bulls did do well with their core together, so I would put the Bulls over the Hawks. Okay, he's got the Bulls over the Hawks. You've heard it here for Strictly Ball Business. We only talk balls. Um, <laughs> the New York Knicks. Yeah, so yeah, they're better. Jalen Brunson. <laughs> oh, they got Jalen Brunson. Well, fuck it, never mind. <laughs> the Orlando Magic. Nobody is better than the Orlando. Don't tempt me. No. Temptress. <laughs> Paolo yeah, gonna bring us to the, to the in the dang east. Uh, uh Pacers. I don't think they're better than them. Hornets. Uh, I mean, Pacers. They're better than Hornets. They're better than uh, Wizards. They're better than Cavaliers. I do think they're better than the Cavaliers. Ooh, okay. I do think they're better than Cavaliers as the team. I think. Stands. 
Yeah, I think the Cavs have more moves that they still have to do. I, we got to see where what happens with Colin Sexton. So, yeah. um, so that puts right him at that. that puts him at five. Right, yeah, right uh, now you got to make it five. Yeah, unless there's any other teams. I know, um, I mean, obviously the Nets, like, we'll see what they do. Like, there's there's potential they run things back next year. But, yeah, obviously a lot up in the yeah. air there. They're also the only team to be swept, though. So it's kind of tough to gauge the Nets' quality. Yeah, but if are. you would put the Nets up against the Bulls last season, I would have I, I would have expected the Nets to win the playoff series. Yeah. But I don't know. Let's – uh. Well, while we're on the topic, I mean, let's get into our two tra- the two biggest trades that have happened. DeJounte Murray to the Hawks. We've talked about it. I think you've said that he would be a perfect fit. What do you think of this trade? They gave up I like, think, nothing. What? Well, they didn't give up nothing. They still gave up like three unprotected first-round picks, didn't they? Yeah, but I mean, they're going to be good for the, all those years. And so Daniel So it's going to be like the 20th pick. Uh, yeah, but you say it, but every team says that, right? It'll be good for all those years. What the Nets said when they traded for James Harden, um, like there's always the chance things blow up. So yeah. um, we'll see. I think they gave up picks pretty far out there, but you made a big swing for your guy to John T. Murray. I just worry it's like they don't have enough around those guys, um, around DeJounte and Trey Young. Yeah, I think, I think as a guard duo, they cover up for each other very well as – DeJounte covers up for Trey Young uh, on defense as Trey Young covers up for DeJounte on shooting. Uh, I think they're both offensive talents. I think uh, it's perfect. Another guy that can take the ball out of uh, Trey Young's hands. I do still, I mean, Danilo Gallinari, old, washed, was he? Yes. But he gave them the flexibility to play small ball without uh, Clint Capella. because He's still a great shooter. So that that's kind of gone now. So you kind of have to lean into always having Capella, which is falls into more of the vein of the, what the Jazz had issues with two years ago. I mean, our last year, the last few years, um, especially with John Collins, because he's not the best floor spacer and t- does a lot in the paint. I still think, even though you got rid of jo- uh, uh, Gallinari, you the team changed. But Colin's situation has not changed, and I still think he does not want to be as a hawk, and he has to get traded for them to start excelling and moving forward. Yeah, I mean, if they could, you know, still make a trade with the Sacramento Kings and bring back Harrison Barnes, I think, you know, something like that, plus someone else would be fine. I don't know if they just feel like that's too big of a discount on John Collins, but I think the reality of his value is what you have to accept at this point. And if you want to really step up your game you're gonna have to trade him what about a uh collins for wiggins type trade i mean yeah that'd be great would you like they it could, on both I mean, sides his defense would be great on the on the hunts and yeah. um an increased role you know maybe get him to like 18 or 19 points per game i think he could excel there um i i don't know i feel like you just need more shooting but um certainly he's a good driver so if you can get him some good passes from trey young i think it could be a good pairing yeah i mean he gets a, a one of the best if not the best playmaker in the league right now uh in trey young so that that would help out uh, I, th- I see the warriors i don't know if the warriors want to get rid of what they like about him is his wing defense so like they the scoring is kind of a plus uh so i don't know if the warriors give up wiggins i'd like to see that though that that'd be nice 
Yeah, um, I think maybe the Warriors would be willing to do it just because they don't want to extend Andrew Wiggins because he's due for an extension. Yeah, they they do they do do that type of stuff where they don't want to trade. That's what happened with Harrison Barnes. Uh, they traded Iguodala just to get off salary from playing paying the taxpayers. Granted, they didn't think they were going to win championships. That's why they traded uh, Iguodala because they knew they weren't going to. So they were trying to save some money. But uh, yeah, uh, Collins. Once they figure out that's gone, but um, I think that's a that's a really cool starting theory with uh, DeAndre Hunter, who I'm huge on. DeAndre Hunter, he just has to stay on the floor. He's certainly a 17 point game scorer. You get great defense out of him uh, at, at your three or your four. Um, Capella just kills me in 2K every day. I uh, just started was yelling at him like 50 minutes ago because uh, fuck <laughs> that guy. But I'm excited. I love Trey Young. So hopefully this pushes them over the top. This guard tandem. I'm excited to see what it does. Cause like he they were when Trey Young had the ball, they were the best offense in the league. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, I mean, he struggled in the playoffs when everybody honed in on him. So it's gonna be important to have another guy who can handle it from a creation standpoint. Yep, and that, that's a great point. So now they've done that, and Dejounte kind of loves it. Like he's a he's a he's a child of the greatest mind in basketball currently. <laughs> um, oh, oldest mind so? in basketball, <laughs> um, wisest mind in basketball right now. I didn't know that he was directly directly related to Greg Popovich. Yeah, yeah, Greg Popovich birthed him. Right, right. He, uh, he was. It was immaculate exception from uh, the days of uh, Tony Parker. It's great. Yeah, yeah disgusting. disgusting. Moving to uh, kind of a disgusting topic is how many draft picks the Timberwolves gave to uh, the Jazz. Uh, as a Timberwolf fan, what do you think about this? Well, you know, I love the big swing to bring in Rudy Gobert. This is the biggest uh, news for. Timberwolves fan that we've really had, uh, um, you know, maybe positively for the entire franchise. Like, I can't remember a bigger move. Like, Jimmy Butler was a big one, yeah. obviously. Um, then there was Kevin Garnett when he left the team. That was really big when I was a child. Um, otherwise, it's been a lot of years in the lottery, in the draft lottery. It's been a lot of years of uh, not landing any free agents. Our biggest free agent signing, our largest free agent signing from a new guy to come to our team was Jeff Teague. Um, three years, $60 million. That's the biggest signing in franchise history. Um, so you have to get these types of players through trade if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they were able to get the best interior defender in the NBA. They gave up a lot uh, to do it, but people do tend to overvalue draft picks um, in general. It was a lot of draft picks, but as a Timberwolf fan, I've seen a lot of draft picks not turn out to be shit for us. And they decided they would rather hold on to a guy like Jaden McDaniels, who's proven himself a little bit and looks like he can be the real deal in this league rather than um, you know giving up a couple less picks. So I, I'm glad that they decided to keep a young guy because I think they have a really solid core here that's worth building around. No, yeah, definitely. Um, on the bad side of it, yeah, a lot of picks. They, I mean, 
but they did the front office did what they could they're like listen we're gonna sign cat down long time we have uh we have gobert for a long time it's gonna be like eight years by the time we're done giving them picks but they still have the stepping rule still there it's not like they go without draft picks i think they're confident and enough if they can win one title i mean this move suddenly like a lot of people around the league uh just fans like i'm in the mat i'm in my magic groups and all, all them said they're like oh well, tim wolf's top four team in the west like just guys who like didn't even they're magic fans and they say that so it's it's a lot saying it but uh i think it was a genius move i mean i know when we put our trades together i i went for donovan mitchell but this is a, this is a great fit i didn't think they would go away from uh i mean anthony davis won a title as a power forward uh, and maybe that's what Cat needs to do is move to the power forward so they can uh so he can really unlock his offensive potential. I mean and it kind of covers up the Gobert issue. So Gobert, I mean they're a huge issue we we're just talking about with uh Clint Capella is that he just, I mean he's a lot better at uh guarding um guards now. Like uh, that 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 he's learning and he's getting there, but now offensively he's just not there he's just in, incapable of being there in the playoffs and so people played small ball and took him off the floor now with cat you can't play small ball it's so genius because yeah. because if you move your center off the board and you're like all right we're gonna run centers you're gonna have a small forward go out and guard cat a small yeah. forward's gonna guard a, a six foot ten guy i'm like he'll love that he, and he's a matchup hunter he'll eat that up and um and and if for some reason they did play small ball they put Cat at the center position for that, and they slide McDaniel's over at the four. If Gobert does need to come off the floor for a little bit, um, but exactly. reg- regardless, yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be hard to get through both of them and McDaniel's. And I, Chris Finch is definitely gonna utilize uh, Chris Finch and D'Lo are definitely gonna utilize a big like Gobert more in their offense. But also, yeah, that's kind of the flexibility of uh, getting Kyle Anderson because he can play the three or four. Uh, yep. If you try to go small, but. To stay uh, so Rudy Gobert, so the Wolves, you look at it, they were 25th in rebounding this league. Gobert alone was second in defensive rebounding this league. <laughs> so, uh, like, th- all those frustrations you and I had when we watched it, where they just couldn't get a defensive rebound, it's it's there now. They got it. Yeah, and, yeah, it just shored up the problems with one move right there. Yeah, and to add some more confidence into this trade, everyone's compa- complaining about spacing. How are they going to do this? Um, Jared Vanderbilt played 25 minutes a game, shot 14 threes throughout the entire series. Did not play out at all. He was a, he stayed in the paint. He stayed in the dunker's position and only made two. So he was two for 14 the whole season. Played 25 minutes a game. Gobert, same deal. Granted, he's going to spend a little more time in the paint, but he only shot four, four threes, didn't make any of them. But it's really not that big of a difference from what the system they had. So, um, a little more confidence into that. I mean, like, I, I super oh, yeah. excited to see what this team does. It's not that big of a change from the offensive scheme they already have. Yeah, I mean, we saw Towns and Vanderbilt play together. They worked well together. Um, and Gobert is just like what Vanderbilt is times a hundred. So, yeah. you know, you, you do that, you go big or go home. And this is a franchise that needed to go big. They got a taste of the playoffs last year. This is a new ownership franchise uh, or owning this franchise now with Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. And reportedly, uh, Mark Laurie is very analytic uh, into analytics. And um, he bases that off a lot of the 
um, direction for the team. So when he brought in Tim Connolly, I fully um, expect that was because of his um, great scouting ability, his great way to find players, diamonds in the roughs because of their, um, you know, their stats and what they had done at in at the college level and at the G League level. And he trusted him to, um, you know, make a big decision like that um, in bringing in Rudy Gobert. He wanted him to make this big splash. And I think like that was probably a prerequisite in the interview. It was like, hey, are you ready to like make a big splash this offseason? He's like, yes, sir, I am. And he did it. Um, Where do you? So let's play that same game. Where do you think the Timberwolves are? Are they better than the Warriors? No, I don't think we can say that necessarily okay. yet. Are they better than the Suns? With uh, DeAndre Aiden, with DeAndre Aiden. Uh, with DeAndre Aiden, no. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming without, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without, I think we would be. I think depends on the return, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think they definitely could be better than the Suns, even with DeAndre Aiden next year it's we'll we'll just see what happens with them next season they obviously had a great season this year but they ended it with one of the worst blowouts it was on pace to be the worst blowout in playoff history yeah and i just don't know how you recover from that with the same guys in the locker room right um mavericks better than the mavericks better than the mavericks wow Uh, jalen brunson anymore I guess I haven't seen a single replacement for that. Okay. And like, what are the, what are the, uh, Mavericks big men going to do against Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns? That's fair. That's fair. All right. Um, fully healthy Clippers. I think the Clippers probably be better, but I mean, fully healthy is asking for a lot. (laughs) Yep. Jazz are gone now. They're, they're done. They're not coming back. Lakers. They're a playing team. Maybe. Hypothetically, if Lakers have Kyrie, hypothetically, if the Lakers get Kyrie, who's better? Yeah, I think we'll still be better than them. The Timberwolves will be better than the Lakers in that situation, but Lakers have a huge potential to be the championship winners that in that scenario too. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um. Trailblazers. Yeah. yeah. Better Better than the Trailblazers. I think like the only other team that's like. Nuggets. A threat is the Nuggets, yeah. yeah because so I, like they're getting both Murray and Porter back, hopefully. Yeah, I'd have the Timberwolves at four or five, four or five seed. Uh yep. hopefully they can snag a four with uh, if everyone stays health, healthy and hope someone oh, other team gets three. some. Yeah, oh, there's the Grizzlies too. Oh, fuck. I do think they're better than the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies haven't done much. They, I mean, they should have beat the Grizzlies in this uh, in the playoff series this last playoffs, and they feel that if they had Rudy Gobert in that playoff series, they would have won it. Yeah. Uh, Richard Jefferson said something interesting. He said that the Wolves got one round better, which I agree with because I'm not saying... Like a base, but like you can always potentially do better than your expectations too. So if he says one round better, I'm okay with them almost getting to the conference finals uh, next year. If that's if that's what he says, because they they took first round seven games, I mean six games. Six. Uh, yeah. If they did that, that's that's really close. And like that, if that can shore shore it up, if they get only get one round better, that's conference finals, and I don't, I'd be okay with it. 
I put him for in like top. next season. I think that's a great step in the right direction. Um, another season in a row of being in the playoffs, getting to the second round, almost to the conference finals. I think, you know, you just got to have the mentality now finals or bust, but obviously you're just bringing this team together. So you're not going to blow anything up after next year, but there is always a change to be made every season. And I guarantee, um, that this season is really the D'Angelo Russell season. Do we oh, yeah. find out whether they want to extend him or not? Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. But uh, also speaking of the Grizzlies, if we want to diverge, what do you think of uh, um, the turncoat? The turncoat himself, slow-mo, joining the, joining the Timberwolves. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Minnesota Timberwolves to bring in a guy like him. Um, they had a problem staying stable in clutch situations in the playoffs and this is a guy who's gonna you know at least help keep things calm and in transition i think he's an effective player to have as well so yeah. i think i think bringing him on board is really smart defensively makes a lot of sense put him alongside uh carl anthony towns in some small ball situations or um you know next to jane mcdaniels i don't know what you end up doing but i think like you've got a really good squad here with him yeah, I mean, he's you could put him on every team and he's going to be a valuable guy. He's an all-around guy. He can pass. He can defend. He can shoot. It's just slow at everything. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but he, I think oh. he was a he was a perfect uh, fit. I think him and Gobert alone this offseason was great. I'd like to see them go out and get a better backup point guard or get one in the trades. But because uh, I like Jordan McLaughlin, I don't think he's a championship backup point guard. And I do think we're going to be leaning on guards a lot, especially depending upon how uh, D'Angelo Russell's season goes. So, Yeah, I do feel the backup point guard position is one I'm a little afraid of with the Timberwolves right now. Um, I have faith that Jalen Noel is going to step up into Malik Beasley's role effectively. Yep. Um, so I don't have too many. I don't have too many worries about that. But I wonder, you know, who's taking Patrick Beverly's role? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I would have loved to keep him um, on the Wolves. Uh, who can you get that can perform on like a similar trajectory? Can you trade for Derrick Rose? That would be interesting. I don't think they have this. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe that's what Torian Prince is there for. Maybe they're like, you know what? We're going to throw him a contract because we're going to figure out this. We're going to get the, uh, we want, they want to stay flexible is uh why why they offered him eight million so they could get derrick rose certainly in the cards uh i mean they still have that other first round pick they made too so they could just yeah. be like hey take him on we'll figure things out and I, i'm sure the knicks i mean we'll see how the knicks do with jalen brunson but set so my last question of the night is donovan mitchell leaving the jazz now or is he is he still staying there I'm going to bet that they are blowing the whole thing up and they are keeping things quiet, but they are going to trade him uh, for a haul. Uh, um, I think there's certainly potential they could run things back with him. Maybe he's willing to stay with the Jazz, but in my mind, I think he's ready for a fresh start. He had a good relationship with Quinn Snyder. Uh, they've moved on from him for a young coach. They... Um, they also um, also obviously traded Rudy Gobert for a haul of draft picks and no young players that really are going to do anything for the Jazz. It sounds like they're going to buy out Patrick Beverly, which to me 
isn't a winning move. No, um, that's super dumb. That's I was so excited to be like Pat Bev and Donovan Mitchell. Fuck yeah. I didn't yeah, know they were. So buy I think him out. buying him out, you know, is kind of like a hey, we're gonna blow this thing up type of move. You know, even if you could you could laugh and be like, ah, oh, it's Patrick Beverly, whatever. He's a solid player. Like buying like buying him out just signifies like, ah, oh, we don't want a good backup point guard on our team because we don't want to be good. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, that's what the Grizzlies did. I'm granted they beat the Wolves, but it wasn't Pat Bev's fault. Um, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I think he's not. He's going to be a trade deadline candidate. I think he's going to play out this. I don't think he's going to get traded this offseason. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to give it a try. They're going to give it a try and see where things are, and then they're going to be like, oh no, we can't, we can't do anything. And then, uh, like I said, my favorite ending spot for Donovan Mitchell is the Kings, and I think they can certainly get a lot back from for the Kings. But uh, there's a lot. I hope he doesn't go to the Knicks. I don't wish that upon anyone. I like Jalen Brunson. Poor guy. He's going to have to carry that franchise for another few years. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I think some things like um, trading a star player, you just have to let marinate a little bit. And getting into the season, we can find out some more about players. Like with the Kings, they could, they could have their guy Keegan Murray play who, by the way, just had like 27 points in his summer league game um, yep. on like 10 of 14 shooting. They could play him in the regular season. He could still look great. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're offering him in a package, but we're not offering like um, a bunch of draft picks with him. Like they all of a sudden get some more leverage too because they're like, hey, look at how good he is. See, we hit on yep. that draft pick. You want him? He's guaranteed to be solid. We'll give you him and Diga Mitchell. For one day in the Mitchell, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Keegan Murray turns out to be like even a rookie year, like 16 point game score right out of the gate, plays good defense, uh, him and Davion Mitchell's plus like maybe a pick or two, uh, and Harrison Barnes, kind of hard to argue with that, you know, like where else are you gonna find two potential or well, one potential star and a potential like Lou Dort type player? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see like what sort of offers are out there. I know like the Miami Heat are interested, but like who the heck are they going to offer? Unless they're giving me Bam out of bio, I'm not interested. Yeah, it'd be like uh, yeah, Bam's the only one that would move the needle. But Tyler, they'd pro it'd probably be Tyler Harrell, but I don't think there's enough yeah. there. I guess like, I if you think... do Tyler Hero and picks, maybe. But like, I'm just like, I feel like I can get something better from someone else. I guess it's depends what the offers are i mean if keegan murray and uh, davion mitchell's on the floor uh, on there or maybe uh who'd the pacers get what's his name uh that uh benedict, benedict matherin benedict matherin uh say him and i don't i don't know like miles turner and another piece are there like we'll see what they want what they want to do i mean they have walker kessler now but interesting we'll, we'll see how that goes i can't wait to do uh this trade season i have lots of shit i'll throw together <laughs> just yes. just for all you guys to to love it but uh that's that's all i yeah. got is there anything else you yeah, want to man. talk about no nah, that was strictly ball business you know i think we kept it tight uh you know an hour clean and mean and lean that's what we know that's what we are here um spb baby so i think we did great uh episode 46 um, uh, episode 45 michael jordan 45, that one, the one day he wore 45 because someone stole his jersey that okay <laughs> yes this was the michael jordan astro episode exactly episode 45 bulls 95 uh, 
yeah all right well if you guys um you know haven't subscribed already go ahead and do that and we'll thank you very much for it so strictly ball business we'll keep it real next time uh for episode 46